Marketing success comes from identifying the right opportunities. And sponsoring the Up Next in Commerce podcast might just be the best opportunity you'll hear about today. With tens of thousands of listeners, expert creative, production, and strategic promotion teams at the helm, not to mention millions of impressions at the ready, this is a growth opportunity you should not ignore. Email me at stephanie at mission.org to see how your business can benefit from partnering with the Up Next in Commerce team. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of Mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. Today, we're talking all about shipping. There are so many shipping solutions available to brands today, but are any of them truly easy, transparent, or scalable? Laura Barron's Wu couldn't find one, so she and her business partner decided to build it themselves. However, this type of business model is not really a cakewalk. In the beginning, they faced rejections from a top accelerator and had to hear from many naysayers on why their business model would not work. Today, Shippo is valued at more than a billion dollars, has thousands of customers, and is making shipping easier for all kinds of brands. How are they doing that? Find out on today's episode. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning a business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm super excited to dive into the world of shipping. I have not gone this deep before, so I know we're going to have a really good conversation and it's probably going to be very eye-opening. To start, I would love to hear about the origin stories of Shippo. Yeah, so I think the the <laughs> origin story here, it was a, a bit of a complicated path to get here. Um, I didn't start this business as, an, as a shipping business. We um, actually stumbled into shipping and shipping software by almost by accident. My my co-founder, Simon, and I, we um, started an online store. And that was really meant to be just a, a side business. Like the two of us know each other from college. Um, we wanted to build something together, but couldn't couldn't find like the, the groundbreaking like idea. So we said, let's just focus on like building something that's built an online store. A lot of people are doing e-commerce right now. And we built an online store using Stripe. We used a few other e-commerce enablement tools. And then when it came to shipping, we realized that we have to go to the USPS store and we have to stand in line, like their packages. Like that's really, it's it's the first, like everything in e-commerce happens on the internet up until the point you need to ship. 
and then you're moving physical products, like uh, first to the USPS store and then across the country to the customer who's buying the products. And um, we didn't really enjoy that part, like going standing in line at, at USPS or FedEx is not the most fun and started researching just a few like online tools that we could be using. And first of all, like looked into what USPS and FedEx and UPS are offering. They all have their own technologies as well, but um, pretty quickly realized that these are all geared towards people who know what they're doing, who are shipping experts. And um, we weren't shipping experts at that point in time. And I think the super interesting part is like a lot of people who are doing e-commerce these days, they're not shipping experts either because companies like Stripe and PayPal have made it so easy for anyone to be doing commerce on the internet. So um, we, we couldn't find the tool that we were looking for. And um, what we had in mind was really something like Stripe or Twilio for shipping. So a very easy to use developer-friendly API that connects to all different shipping providers and that lets anyone um, ship a package with with just a single API call. So um, couldn't find that and just decided to build that ourselves. And I think early on, weren't really sure if like shipping is, is what we want to spend like the next 10, 15 years of our lives on. But realized pretty quickly that it's so like complex for merchants to figure out and a real pain point for, for every e-commerce merchant. And there are so many inefficiencies in shipping that it was really satisfying to just like get rid of the inefficiencies, make it like make it better for, for e-commerce merchants to be able to ship. And um, I want to say that was like that was a, a few years ago, like seven years ago by now. And have, we've been we've been building that company since. Wow. OK. And you guys applied to Y Combinator with this idea, right? Yeah, we did apply to Y Combinator with this idea. And um, we actually did not get accepted into Y Combinator. So um, back then when we applied to Y Combinator, um, we got, got as far as an interview. And then later on got the feedback that um, the market, the shipping market, could be like consolidating, meaning that if FedEx buys up all other shipping providers or UPS buys up all other shipping providers, you really don't need a multi-carrier API anymore. You just need one API and that can do it all. And we actually, since then, have seen the exact opposite. Uh, yeah, the exact opposite happening. We've seen more shipping providers emerge because um, it's been there's been such high demand for shipping services that uh, the existing shipping providers can't really keep up with with their existing capacities. So we've seen some companies do like same day shipping, next day shipping. Companies like DoorDash or Postmates they do on demand shipping. Then there are next day shipping services. Amazon is doing next day and two day shipping these days. It's so like lots of different new shipping options that are emerging. I'm really glad that the that the opposite happened because that makes a, a company like like ours more useful. So we did not get into Y Combinator. Um, we then reapplied or we applied for 500 startups and got into 500 startups that then helped us with um, getting this off the ground. Uh, so why initially? I mean, I, I haven't kept track of Y Combinator recently, but mm -hmm. back then that was like the thing. You, yeah. Everyone wanted to get in there. Why did you decide to not listen to you know what they said? Because a lot of people there, one would think, okay, they're very smart. They probably have you know insights that maybe we don't. This yeah. is an industry that at the time you weren't that maybe passionate about. Where you're like, it's still in the infancy stage. Like we'll see where it goes. Yes. What made you be like, I'm actually sticking with this because I think it's still a good idea. Oh, that's such a great question. I think in that moment when we got the rejection, it was obviously like, it was really hard. It felt like the world came crashing down and like that was the one option we had and now we have to find other options. I think for, for me back then, it was just, we already started having a few customers. And um, even though we didn't have a lot of shipping providers on our product, our customers were already like with the 
two or three shipping providers we had were already saying that this is creating a lot of value. Like we had real time, like real customer feedback. That was one aspect. I think the other aspect was that shipping is such a key part of e-commerce where like you first built a store, you accept payments and then you need to ship. There's just no way around that. And the the founder I I used to uh, work for prior to Shippo, he always said like, build something that's a painkiller, not a vitamin. And um, for Shippo, that means like, Shipping is such a big pain point. If you can make it even a little bit easier, it's a it's a real painkiller. So those, I think, are are the two two reasons. And then lastly, I want to say it's probably personality as well. Like both Simon and I were just like not not ready to give up yet. It felt like we'd found something that's like starting to work, and we were really like determined to see if we can if we can get this to work. Um, so like, uh, but a lot of it was probably also the personality aspect. Love it. Okay. And then today, I mean, you're valued at over a billion dollars, right? Yeah. That was um, oh, a good thing you stuck in there. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I'm, I'm really glad as well. And I think just in like, back then, I, I did not know that just yet. But in like the meantime, like being a founder is such a roller coaster experience. Like every day, there's something that's happening that, you know, feels like it's not, not that great. And then an hour later, like something else happens that's really great. So it's just an up and down and, and um, you get you get like more resilient over time. But there's like th- those kinds of downs. They're they're very common for 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 a startup to experience. Yep. Yes. I have felt many of those. What do you do in those moments then to kind of keep pushing forward? Like, is there something that, you know, a hobby or something you do to kind of like get out of the crazy work mindset and just, you know, be able to come back with like fresh eyes? Yeah, I love running. I try to run every day if possible. It's really a flow state experience. And I, I, I think about work a little bit as well. And when I think about work, like new, new, like while running, new things come into my mind. Like I think about different perspectives come up compared to what would come up just sitting in front of a computer. It's like, I'm, I'm not like an extremely competitive runner, but I, I will like stop and like take some notes that I just, that, that just occurred to me. And that's, that's totally fine as well. I'm not trying to just run as, as fast as I can. And then I, I hike on the weekends and I, I love hiking because it gets me away from my, from my computer and from my phone. Like you, if you're just sitting on the couch, you're probably checking your phone at least once an hour. Like while you're hiking, there is no way you're checking your phone. So that's, that's really great. But then I think a lot of the, um, the roller coaster ride is actually happening like almost <laughs> even hour by hour. And I, I like to compare it to, um, no, I, I've, I've not had any children just yet, but like I've been told that uh, after childbirth, you release all these hormones. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You forget <laughs> and, all about it. Exactly. That make you forget all about it. And yeah. um, I, I get that like, I, whenever there's a, a low like pretty soon, like an hour later, two hours later, I bet there's a high again. And that high makes me forget just all about the, the previous low that I've just exp- experienced a, an hour ago. So like that, that's what gets me through the day. I just know that there'll be another high like pretty soon that I can get over the, the low pretty fast. You know, life of a founder. So, <laughs> I mean, when thinking about Shippo, for anyone who doesn't know, like I know it's built on APIs, but I want to hear more behind the scenes of like, what does it actually look like you know, behind the scenes of how Shippo works? Yeah. So shipping providers, some of them do have APIs or they have some kind of interface. So what we do is like we connect to our shipping providers' APIs or their interfaces. And for the majority of our shipping providers, we've built a, like we've built this abstraction layer that makes it like possible for our customers to be able to get access to any shipping provider um, w- with the same API call. 
We've also made sure that like we store most of our customer, most of our carriers' rates and our customers' rates locally. So even if upstream APIs are down, we're still able to retrieve shipping rates and make sure that warehouses and the, the operations continue running. Um, because shipping is such a mission critical thing. Whenever like if if a shipping provider were to go down, like our our, our like our customers' warehouses would be standing still. And then in addition to this, this backend stuff where we connect to all different shipping providers, we've really like also made sure that we're not just about um, this particular moment in time where a customer buys a shipping label, but we, we take care of the workflow from beginning to end. And there's like shipping is much more than just about buying a shipping label. It starts with pre-purchase around showing the right shipping rates at checkout, making sure that you have the right shipping options. Then it goes into uh, it, like at checkout. You also need to determine whether or not you enable like international shipping. Then in then when like a customer buys something, you as a merchant need to figure out which shipping label to buy. So there are a lot of different shipping providers that are accessible to you, and you need to make sure that you're buying the right shipping label depending on whatever the the consumer chose at checkout. Then after that, it's about tracking, insurance, returns. So we've built a, a platform on top of all different carrier connections with um, shipping functionalities and shipping products that work end to end and work across all different shipping providers in the same way. So it sounds like before, if you know, I'm thinking I'm a brand and I'm selling things, a lot of that happens after the fact, after maybe the customer's already paid for it. So you might not always be accurately estimating mm -hmm. shipping or what the labels or all that. I mean, yeah. it sounds like you kind of have to wing it if you don't have something constantly getting updated data constantly. Yeah, so I think if you, there, there are multiple different ways to do this. So we do have a, a like shipping, like shipping rates at checkout product where we can make sure that our customers either set the right flat shipping rates or they have real-time shipping rates at checkout. Typically, re we recommend that like real-time rates are a little bit complicated or too complicated for the consumer. Consumers should just always see the same thing. But then we make sure that your flat, your the flat rate that you have like covers all of your shipping costs. But yes, you're totally right. Like a lot of merchants, they don't know what kind of shipping rate they should put into checkout. And then later on, they realize they actually charge too little, that shipping is more expensive, it eats into their margins. Or they realize they're charging too much and probably not getting the right conversion rates because consumers, they, they don't want to buy from your store if shipping is too expensive. One other thing to bring up, because like right now we're in an environment where Amazon and Amazon Prime have really raised the bar around what consumers think shipping should look like. And not everyone's operating at the scale of Amazon. Actually, the majority of merchants are not. And um, consumers are still expecting free and fast shipping from every store that they buy from. So that's just a, a mismatch of like expectations versus reality driven by this like one retail giant. I'm sure there's a lot of funny stories around trying to work with, we'll call them more longstanding companies, mm -hmm. the USPSs, the FedExes, like, and trying to get them working with an API. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, what did that look like in the early days, especially trying to, you know, start like working to enable kind of like a partnership with these companies in a way that they probably were like, Laura, what are you even asking for? I don't, I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the background here is like the way our business works is that our customers are e-commerce merchants, but our e-commerce merchants, they need to ship. And given that we're not doing any of the shipping ourselves, we're just the, the technology platform here. We need to like enter into partnerships with different shipping providers. And you've got all the ones that you would know and the ones that you've mentioned, UPS, FedEx, USPS. You've got a bunch of regionals and local shipping providers as well. And um, 
when we were just getting started, I think that was for sure one of our big like chicken and egg problems because the, the shipping providers, they don't want to work with you unless you're bringing something to the table that they care about. And what they care about is shipping volume. And at the beginning, we had like very little shipping volume, almost no shipping volume, yeah. because how can we how can we bring shipping volume yeah. if we don't have shipping providers working with us? What can you bring to us, Laura? Yeah, uh, nothing <laughs> at the moment, but big future value here. Exactly. So um, we again, it was really like, I think, first of all, about understanding motivation, understanding like what, what they cared about. And then every shipping provider cares about slightly different things and even today that's that's a a big like brains like a a big conversation topic that we keep talking about of like how can we make sure that our shipping providers are with like getting something from this partnership as well that that they're that this is a win-win partnership and um that we make sure that whenever we we talk to one of them we're tailoring our pitch towards what it is that that they care about and most of them care about getting market share but it gets mm-hmm. more nuanced. Like a lot of them want to get into the SMB segment. I think a lot of shipping providers, they started out as um, shipping providers focused on enterprise businesses. And that is, I mean, that makes sense because in the past it was harder for SMBs to get started. So most of their customers were enterprise customers. A lot of the, the more traditional shipping providers have been doing more B2B shipping, less B2C shipping. So that's, that's new and, and different as well. For these kinds of shipping providers, we typically try to pitch that we have a very easy to use solution. So our customers, they tend to be SMBs. We do customer support for them. We, we acquire the customers. We do the marketing, we do sales and then customer support, customer success. And then over time, our customers grow. And as they grow, they also grow with the shipping providers. Um, but, but, but what really like makes the biggest difference is being able to show, like to back that story up with numbers. So to be able mm-hmm. to show that this is working over time. The first shipping provider that actually took a leap with us was the, the USPS. And um, then over time, we're able to like gather data through our, our the partnership that was working and then be able to make a case with other shipping providers as well. Uh, so, I mean, I'm thinking about it from their perspective, like how can you say, okay, I might get you new customers if really it's more of the brand or the merchant who's maybe picking who they want to work with, or maybe it's different every day, depending on what the rates are. Like it's never probably static or it doesn't have to be like, how can you be like, okay, UPS, I'm pointing out UPS because they sponsor one of our SMB podcasts. And so I was like, I know they want to get into SMBs. Like, okay, UPS, we have a lot of SMBs. And then what do you know? They're actually not going there. They're going to, you know, FedEx or wherever, because the rates are better that day. And maybe they don't have that much brand loyalty. Like what did that look like convincing them behind the scenes? No, I think that's a great question. So um, I think it starts with really the the ease of use aspect. Like that's why merchants work with us. And um, that also means that when they sign up, they're like, it's ease of use of the technology, but also upon sign up, they don't want to like go to the UPS website or the FedEx website and, and sign up for a FedEx and UPS account and then like come back and plug it in to, to Shippo. They want to be able to just start shipping immediately within minutes. Um, so a, a big part of the value that we're creating is for our merchants to be able to ship right away. And um, that means that we need to have some kind of like built-in accounts with, with the different shipping providers. And then like UPS is a, a great example because I think a lot of our SME merchants would have assumed that UPS is more expensive 
that mm-hmm. this is more uh, yeah, that that this is a more expensive shipping option for them. But then when we when we know like that UPS wants to focus on SMBs, we can work with them on like wh- what are some other shipping options that our customers have? What are the benchmarks there in terms of pricing, in terms of speed, and how do we make sure that when we show UPS on Shippo, it's a very competitive solution? And we we have that data across our customers, and then we're able to, to help UPS position themselves properly. And um, so that's been with UPS really successful because um, I think our customers just by themselves wouldn't have signed up for UPS because they would have just assumed that it's too expensive for them. But by showing them the rates right away and by having the right rates like with negotiated with UPS, actually like our customers love using UPS because it has a it stands for quality and um, they don't need to go through any extra hoops to use that option. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't talk about publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. So tell me about these new entrants that are kind of popping up. I mean, it was very exciting hearing you earlier when you were answering a different question and saying, hey, there's actually a lot of new players popping up in this industry to help with last mile delivery. Yeah. What are you seeing in that space? Because to me, I'm thinking, okay, the more of them, the more competitive they have to make everyone else, all the the bars raising for all the shipping providers, but like, what are you seeing um, in that world? Yeah. So it is very hard to build a nationwide shipping provider on day one. That's, that's just impossible because you don't have the density. (laughs) So a lot of the new shipping providers that are emerging, they're focused on certain cities or certain regions, and then they do that city, that region really, really well. And that then means that these are, these shipping providers, they're not trying to compete with a UPS nationwide, they're trying to compete like in California or even in San Francisco, in Toronto, whatever the city is that they're operating in. And they're trying to like even sometimes getting even more narrow, like they're trying to just make like same day shipping the best or next day shipping the best. So I, I think that works actually pretty well because then our customers, they might be using one shipping provider for, for their shipments within California but uh, like assuming that they're based in California, but then another shipping provider to reach a customer in New York and another shipping provider to reach a customer in, in Germany or in France. And um, it gives them the, the best of, of both worlds. They, they're able to use the larger shipping providers for packages that go further and then regional shipping providers for packages that stay local. And um, because of that like specialization, these shipping providers are competing, but they're competing in like certain, certain dimensions, mm-hmm. not across the board. Are they mostly just competing with the time aspect or is it also price or is it something else that they're adding to their advantage? It's a mix. So it is for sure time. It is price. If you're just focused on next day shipping and and not like seven day shipping, then you can do next day shipping really, really well. 
some of them are like premium products. Um, I think if you want if you want your item to arrive like the next hour, that's a that's a premium product, and and someone like a DoorDash or a Postmates could do this, but a FedEx can't. Some of them are very keen on like having an excellent customer experience and really got like detailed tracking. I think that's a good um, differentiator as well. Having like tracking that's updated like minute by minute instead of like a multi-window tracking timeframe. Yeah. Have you heard of the um, company Fast AF? We had them on the podcast a few weeks ago. They're doing two hour delivery of more, I would say, bougie products. Yes. Like it's not just going to be, you know, chips or something. It's like the hard to find, natural, organic, all the things that yeah. like, you wouldn't find on Whole Foods. And that's awesome. And I think like th- that's a great example because um, like it really depends also on, on what you're selling. Like if you're selling a bougie product, then your your customers are maybe more likely to pay for a premium shipping option. If you're selling a, a lower value product, then like it doesn't make sense for a customer to pay like the same amount of money for shipping. So um, there is no one size fits all. Like there is no one recommendation that you could give all e-commerce companies around shipping. Really depends on what what are they selling, who are they who are they selling it to, and then it's a more nuanced answer. Yeah, agree. I think you have over a hundred thousand customers, right? Yeah, or we more. Do. So you get access to a lot of data, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You get to see what customers actually want, what's maybe, you know, what are some brands doing well, what's swaying them with maybe higher conversions or whatever it may be. What are you all seeing on your side when it comes to like, what do consumers want or what are they preferring now that maybe is different than a year or two ago? Yes. So I think there is a common misconception that consumers need shipping to be like two-day free shipping. Like the, the bar that Amazon said, like that is not necessary. I think what consumers really care about is having the expectations set correctly. So consumers don't want to, like if you're not providing a shipping timeline at checkout, consumers are just assuming that this will take forever and they're not going to buy. So that was an, an interesting experiment. So you I, you have to show, like set the expectations right. You have to tell them by when this package will arrive and leaving that blank will really affect conversion rates. Wait, what about a range? Like, what about if I see some companies do yeah. that? We just bought like a Murphy bed and they're like, the range is between April 1st and May 27th. I'm like, that's even worse than maybe me not knowing. I don't know. Yeah. Both are bad. But is yeah. a range worse than not having anything? Or A range is, it's not worse than not having anything. I think if you don't give customers any any data, they're going to expect the worst. Um, mm-hmm. A range is not great, but it's it's better than nothing. And I think what we provide in, in addition to, to like our, our rates at checkout is also just having the aggregate data to be able to give our, our merchants a, a solid estimate around how long this will take. And like our estimate might not even be the same as the estimate by the shipping provider because we're able to see real-time data and we're, we're able to see when there are delays happening and, and when not. Setting the expectations right at checkout is, is super key and then meeting those expectations. So that also means though, especially for SMBs, like, SMVs tend to forget that they have to bake in like fulfillment time into shipping as well. If you're taking like more than a day to put your product into a box and, and give it to a shipping provider, then that is going to delay the shipping experience by, by quite a lot. So I think that's something that, that SMVs tend to forget. Um, they need to add at least like one or one and a half like extra days to, to the shipping timeline because they need to like get their package out the door first. And then I think Tracking is just an extension of that. Like it's fine if your package is late as long as you communicate it proactively. 
Customers don't want to be at home wondering where your package is, but they're totally fine like getting a proactive email from you saying that this will take another another day extra. Like that's mm-hmm. much better than not saying anything. And um, yep. that is also something that's pretty easily automated. So that's uh, a, a functionality we provide as well. But um, yeah, I think these are these are the two things like transit times at checkout and then making sure that tracking is, is done well. I think tracking emails are actually have a very high open rate. That's, um, I think, above like 70 something percent. It is a great opportunity for, for merchants to engage with with their customers because they know that these emails are going to be opened. So you can put you can put something like you can put blog posts in there, you can put other products in there, but it's an email that gets a ton of engagement. Hmm, that's a good tip. So my one question is, why show shipping rates? Why not just bake it into the cost of the product and then just be like free shipping forever? I always wondered that. I'm like, why do I care how much it takes to get here? Like, just get it here and maybe put it in the cost of all the goods. Well, it yes, but it depends on what kinds of products you're selling. Like shipping can be like $5 or even $8, depending on, or even more expensive, like depending on what, what kinds of products are, you're shipping or you're selling. And if your product is only worth $10, then doubling the cost is actually like quite a lot for like mm-hmm. consumers will go and compare like the same product in it on another store and see that the product is sold like on another store sold at a lower price and then go by there. And I think yeah. that's it. That's the difficult part here. However, if you're showing shipping off, like shipping rates separately, then it's a different, like they're comparing things separately. I think mm-hmm. merchants have like an upside if they're selling a product that is like unique, that you can only buy at your store and you can't buy it anywhere else. So that's, that's always a, a, a good like upside to have. And a lot of our merchants, they're, they're selling branded products. So they're the, the brand themselves and they're selling products that they make themselves. So that's a right like differentiator, just having something that you can only buy there and nowhere else. Yep, got it. Yeah, I think about, well, I guess like Apple, you know, Max, I feel like we don't pay shipping, but it makes sense if you're paying thousands of dollars mm-hmm. for, you know, a Mac or something. I'm like, of course, it's nice not getting there and being like another eight dollars. Totally. And that seems really petty, right? If you're paying thousands yeah. of dollars and they're charging you another eight dollars. But if you're if you're buying like soap and the soap costs yeah. eight dollars and they're trying to like yeah, say free shipping. double the price, then that that's an issue. Yeah. OK, so now when thinking about the future of Shippo, how do you all stay innovating or like what are you doing to innovate? Because in my mind, my simple mind, I think, mm-hmm. OK, They've got the APIs working, you know, the government agencies or, you know, the shipping agencies don't maybe change that often if you got it like all plugged into their systems. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to maybe bring the tech stack to the next level? Yeah. So I think on the one hand, like the shipping providers actually change more often than you would assume. Like shipping rates change, shipping APIs change, and and their their service offerings change as well. So that's the just the foundation, making sure that our, our carrier connections, they always work. And no matter what changes, our customers are not affected by it or, or don't have to spend resources on, on adjusting to these changes. So that's the foundational part. And then on top of that, it's about like when our customers need to, to ship, what else do they need to do either right before shipping or right after shipping that we can help solve. And that that like um, universe is actually pretty big. Like we've talked about tracking, we've talked about rates at checkout, there's returns. Returns is another really big problem for our merchants to solve. There's cross-border shipping, there's shipping insurance. Um, so there's like data and analytics. That's another really interesting aspect of just like 
analyzing their shipping spend, but also giving proactive predictions. So there's there's a lot going on that in the workflow of shipping, we can build features and end products for our merchants. And that's that's what we're focused on. And then I think in addition to that, it's about, okay, so now we've talked about the, the foundation, the shipping features. So who do we sell to? And we've been mostly an SMB-centric business and are now starting to sell to larger customers. Then as larger for, for our larger customers, like, features need to become more complex. And we, we need to make sure that our product is like able to keep up with the amounts of packages that are going through. So that's that's another angle of innovation. And then the last one here is like, we have merchants that are shipping, and then we also have platforms and marketplaces that need to provide shipping functionalities. So that's another customer type or partner type for us. So building functionalities that are platform specific. Oh, okay. I should mention that like we're, I mostly just talked about the U.S. market. Like shipping yeah. is like a, a global problem. Like when you buy on the internet, you you don't really know if your product is or the inventory is located in the U.S. Maybe it's in China. Maybe maybe you're buying from a store that's in Europe, and then shipping is just what what connects that merchant to you. And um, so we we look at shipping as like it's just it is a global problem, and every country has a handful of different shipping providers, has a bunch of like local specifications that we need to adjust to as we're launching in new countries. I can already think about all the projects to come, and yeah, you all are definitely well positioned to solve all of them. So that's, that's super exciting. Okay, let's shift over to the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask you a question and you have a minute or less to answer. Are you ready, Laura? Cool. When was the last time you tried something new? Okay, I like, I've never eaten like seafood or fish. There's no like allergy. Never? I just don't like it. I, I really okay. I don't like the smell. I've never liked it. Recently, my partner has been trying to get me to like eating seafood and giving it a try uh, so that we can we can eat sushi together. And I've been trying like all kinds of different fish for the first time. It's a very slimy experience and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> Nothing, anything you like so far? Like, is there anything where you're like, that one was okay? Like the fish that tastes least like fish is okay. Oh my God. So basically just no fish. <laughs> no like fish. fish that isn't fish. Got it. It'd be like tofu fish kind of. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. If you could choose one book as mandatory reading for all high school students, what book would you choose? And it can't be, I know you grew up in Germany, it can't mm. be a German book that I would have no idea what it is. Yes. Like a book that I read pretty early in my entrepreneurial career that I loved was Shoe Dog. And mm -hmm. I, I like that so because good. it's like an easy entry-level book into like nonfiction. It reads almost as fiction. And like I found that to be super enjoyable because as a kid, I've always read fantasy and sci-fi didn't really enjoy like nonfiction businessy type books. When I read that, like that was pretty like exciting and inspiring. And I really like, I enjoyed it from like a autobiography or biography, yeah. like from that sort of perspective. Yeah. And that later then inspired me to read more like businessy books. Wow. That's a good one. That's one of my favorites too. That's a great answer. What's a life lesson that you learned the hard way? Yeah, I, <laughs> on that one, I think when I just started or when, when Shippo was pretty early, I was like fairly young as well and still trying to figure out just like who I am as a person, but also how I show up as a leader. And I think I have back then heard a lot from, or a few times from people actually within the company that, you know, they want me to show up a, a slightly different way. They like, I, I'm not 
they've seen other leaders and like referencing like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs, like show up in certain ways. And my, my thought was, okay, like if I wanted to be a, a good CEO, I have to be more like Mark Zuckerberg or more like, like Steve Jobs. And I think what I've learned the hard way is that that really does not work. Like in order to be a great leader, a good CEO, you have to be authentic. You, you can't like pretend to be someone else at work every single day. And um, you, you have to like, just be able to, to be yourself and like be true to yourself. And I think that's taken me a while to like figure out and a while to like be able to, to do that. And um, yeah, I think it was, I don't know if it was a, a hard lesson, but it was just a good lesson to learn. I love that. That is a great way to wrap this interview. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been such a pleasure. Where can all the commerce founders and CEOs and everyone listening learn more about Shippo? So I'm on Twitter. Shippo's on Twitter. I'm just Laura at Laura Berenswu. Shippo is at Shippo. And then um, the website is goshippo.com. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.